We have all had painful events in our lives that can lead to depression, anxiety, addiction, or broken relationships. But here's a secret. It is not about what happened to us that causes suffering. It's the stories we believe about ourselves. Join us as we shine light on how to rewrite our stories, avoid the shadows of shame, and travel along the pathway to joy, love, and connection. It's the Finding Peace Podcast with your host, Amazon best-selling author, Troy L. Love. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Finding Peace Podcast. My name is Troy Love, and I have a special guest with me today. Do you want to introduce yourself? My name is Philip Sestar. I am currently residing in Royal Palm Beach, Florida. Awesome. I met Philip when we were taking a course online together about sex addiction certification, and we became really good friends after that. We just stayed in contact. Philip went to the Finding Peace retreat a couple of months ago that we had in April, and he got to tell me a little bit more about a story, and I wanted to have him be a part of the podcast and, and have him share his story with you. So I'm just going to have you start, Philip. Tell us tell us a little bit about your story. I'm impressed enough that you didn't mention that I'm coming back in September for the second Finding Peace retreat. So that's <laughs> that's a plug right there, man. It's It was good enough. Not only did I got a taste, I got to come back for seconds. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to have you come. It's going to be great. Good deal. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you thinking about me and asking me to do this. Yeah, it's been it's been kind of a uh, an interesting journey of mine. One of the biggest things that happened to me is my dad died when I was four. He had cancer. He was a minister in a, a Pentecostal denomination. I'm still kind of connected to them, but not not really anymore. But was a major influence in my life. He was he was a major individual in the the Church of God denomination and was highly loved and respected. And man, I I feel like at forty seven, I'll be forty eight next month. I'm I'm still it's it's like an onion. I'm still peeling back, understanding that bomb going off in my life, the the trauma, the full trauma that I got from all of a sudden him just up and being gone. Mm. And um, the one thing that I feel like in walking with you and through the class and, and some other materials that I've read is, is one of the things that it kind of taught me was I can't trust men. Mm. Men will just up and die. Men will just leave you. And so uh, I, I jokingly tell people that for for all my life, I have I've never had a ooh girls or icky stage. You know, I had a uh, I had a girlfriend in kindergarten. You know, I kissed her on the on the lips twice. I was so in love with women, but I was absolutely enthralled with women. And unfortunately, at seven, it kind of took a, a little bit of a left turn, and I had a family member that was into Playboys and stuff. I just thought these wonderful, incredible creatures called females, I just, I kind of wanted to, I was curious by nature. And so I saw pornography for the first time at seven and was just so, you know, kind of taken back. It was, it was kind of shocking to me, but about, I'd say about a as about 12 years old, a friend and I ended up stumbling upon a dumpster that a kid was inside of. And he was almost like running a store. And he like 
popped up going, hey, what do you want? And somebody would say something and he would disappear for a few seconds and he would come up with a stack of stuff and he'd hand stuff and the little boy would grab it and he'd run off to his house. And we were like, hey, what's going on here? So we got in line like everybody, you know, whenever there's a line, you get in line, especially if it's free. And what it was is somebody, I guess, had been evicted and had, I don't know, three, four hundred various magazines of everything from Playboy to uh, a little more uh, medium core stuff. It's funny, I can't remember the names of some of my teachers that I spent 180 days with, but I can tell you the one episode of, of one of the books that I had had, and I would call it medium core pornography, and that kind of awakened something else in me. It, it's been interesting in, the, in my journey now of recovery for five years. I actually couldn't make this statement up until about five years ago, but at 14, I was molested by a friend of the family and got really made me confused. Really, I didn't understand what was going on. Shortly after that, I ended up viewing my first hardcore pornography on a VHS tape. But I can't tell you some of the latest movies that I've watched of the entire plot, but I can tell you the virtual entire plot of that hour and a half hardcore porn. Just amazing of, of how it can stay with me. Is, and it burns in your brain. Yeah, it just it just did. Uh, about 15, uh, shortly after that, I, I lost my virginity, uh, got scared half to death that I had possibly got the girl pregnant. So got on my knees and made a deal with God that if she wasn't pregnant, I wouldn't have sex until I got married. But I kind of pulled a Bill Clinton on that one and did everything but sex with various girls because mm-hmm. it was just, to me, it, it got to a point where sex was... What I realized was, is I was looking for acceptance and my number one way that I understood acceptance to be through sex, then that was full acceptance, full in. Ended up getting married. I, I, I did break family tradition. Family tradition was getting married by 19. I, I didn't get married till I was 21. But uh, the thing that I realized is now is that I, I ended up just ignorantly marrying a woman that was very similar to my mother. And I was trying to get approval of my mom, basically by proxy of my ex-wife. Actually, we're divorced now. Continued on, went into the ministry, ended up going to get my bachelor's degree and, and then end up getting my master's degree and ended up working in a church actually here in Florida. And was the youth pastor and the principal of the school and a third through fifth grade teacher. Basically worked about 80 hours a week for almost three years straight. How'd you juggle that, man? That's a lot. It, it was. It was. It was. It was uh, basically had no life balance, had mm. no, didn't, didn't even, <laughs> didn't even know what self-care was till just a couple of years ago. You know, mm-hmm. I knew that I was sexually broken, but I've come to understand from Dr. Julie Slattery's book that we virtually are all sexually broken one way or another. We lasted about 10 years. She ended up, did get pregnant and had, I've got an 18 year old daughter now that's got accepted to college and about to go off. But 
we separated, but full disclosure, we separated because I had an affair with actually one of the church members. Ironically enough, I'm, I'm a statistical anomaly now because the woman that I had an affair with, I ended up marrying a couple years later, and we've been together for longer than my first marriage now. So God can redeem our mistakes. God can redeem our brokenness, but it's, it's, not, it's not easy. Still, even in, in that, even with my current wife and I, and, and she way more loving, way more intimacy and everything, I still was looking at porn, still actually my acting out had started to grow. Uh, it had it started getting into strip clubs and massage parlors, and, and it just continued to grow. And I don't know, I don't feel like I'm a very, very smart person, but I feel like God blessed me with some pretty good common sense. And I realized I saw it down, I saw the path that I was heading. And I knew that if I ended up wrecking my second marriage, and this woman that God had given me in my second marriage was a blessing, and I... I was pretty sure I'd ended up, I would end up killing myself, committing suicide, because that's the one thing about it is, I guess, the, the one issue that I've learned somewhat through, through the class was I've got some pretty major abandonment issues. I could not stand to be alone, period. Just absolutely, positively could not stand to be alone. But my, my current wife was, was very gracious, very loving, even though she knew about my brokenness and, and the porn and stuff, was very gracious. And luckily enough, the church that I was attending at the time, a guy decided to kind of stand up and say, hey, I'm, I've got issues with sexual addiction and sexual brokenness. And he came uh, with the idea of getting a group of men to walk for eight weeks through a book from Joe Dallas called The Game Plan. Man, the very first night I walked in there, it's funny, the guy that runs the, uh, ran and led the, the group, we became very good friends, but he still to this day, five years later, still jokes with me that he remembers me at nearly out of everybody else because I was so pale that he thought I was either going to throw up in the floor <laughs> or I was going to pass out, you know, one of the two. Yeah. Because that, that was, the sad part about it was is, is I had grown up in, a, in an environment, in a world that, man, you, you claim something as serious as this, as you claim something as serious as sexual addiction, you, you might as well put the SA letters, the scarlet letters on your chest for the rest of your life, because that's how you will be associated for the rest of your life. But I got in there and the funny thing of it is, is, is we get to hearing these guys stories and some of these guys are recovering sex addicts, but then they're also alcoholics, but then they're also drug addicts, but also they're into gambling. And, you know, and I'm sitting there going, well, I'm not as jacked up as I thought I was, you know, kind of thing. You know, I was like, yeah, I only, I only stick to, you know, one thing, but it was truly amazing learning about accountability, learning about real connection, learning about why I acted out when I did, what my, what my true triggers were. You know, my, my trigger wasn't seeing some beautiful woman at the corporate office. The, the true trigger back before was 
the stress my boss had put under me, underneath or on me, that and the stress I was under, and I was looking for some way to cope. Mm-hmm. I was looking, looking for some way to comfort myself through this stressful process, and then she just happened to show up or just happened to walk down the hall when I'm walking down the hall and it goes, Hey, I, I need to go down this path. And, and, and this will bring me some type of relief. Mm. It, it was amazing to me that the enemy of our soul absolutely convinced me that I was too damaged to ever be used by God ever again. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, that I could never be useful that I'd, I'd done the unpardonable sin, especially in, in my upbringing and in the direction and everything, it was this unpardonable deal that you'll, you'll never get over and you'll never be able to reclaim. It, it's funny how we try to put God into a box. It'll never fit. He can't. I, I am currently now just moved. I mean, just as in a few days ago and feel like God has moved my, myself and my family down here to be closer to my wife's family, but also to be able to to start a ministry. I mean, it's it's crazy. I, I live uh, where I am currently right now, about four miles away from a Ferrari dealership and a lot of people with a lot of money. And also, if you drew a, a five-mile circle, probably from where I live, is probably the most strip clubs wow. in the area. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it is, it is, uh, it's amazing. So there's a, just this major opportunity here of trying to help people. Cause I know that they are just like me. They don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. They don't understand why they are struggling like they're struggling. How did you hear about the finding peace retreat and what made you decide to go for us? Benedict suggested your book i grabbed the book and started going through it honestly i I feel like i felt like that that my wounds and and everything is so deep that i'm 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 looking forward to the next few weeks i don't i don't currently i'm not employed i don't have a job Mm -hmm. and so i'm planning on taking some blocks of time throughout the next few days and, and i'm going to to do a deep dive into it but i knew that if i came to the retreat it would be way more beneficial to me i, I used to be one of those guys that that thought that the journaling and writing stuff down i kind of thought that was silly or whatever i, I was like eh, i ain't got time for that uh no I, you gotta have time for that it's way better to sit down with a book and hand write out mm-hmm. your yeah. thought than trying to type them in a computer because we have gotten so used to typing that we can, we don't process as well handwriting things out. We had, it slows us down to me, the, the retreat I just knew would be, I I felt that it would do exactly what it would, what it did for me, that it was a springboard into action that I felt like if I had the book, it's possible that I would never discipline myself to actually get it off the shelf, mm. sit down and go through it. I, I went to the first one. I got a good kick in the pants. I got a good understanding of, of everything and, and had a fantastic, absolute fantastic time with people there and, and bonded and, and made connection. And, and, and one thing that I will say to you that, that set 
was a bar that was set above that I did not anticipate is I have been to some other men, Christian men's retreats similar to Finding Peace, but I was utterly shocked at some of the exercises and how close we are together, whether we're male or female. Mm. There was a number of, of things that of the exercises showed us that we were very, very similar in some ways. And I, I thought that there was going to be this gap. And at times there were. There was different questions that were asked that were male only or female only or things of that nature. But for the most part, in most of the exercises and everything, I felt that it was was very, very helpful for me to be in that situation and be around uh, a mixed company. Because one of the things I feel like that, that I'm still working through is having to work with the issues of, of feeling rejection mm. and feeling abandoned somewhat by my mom. And so if I, if I do something of a, an event like this that I'm connected to males, I'm not giving the opportunity to be able to process and work with females mm -hmm. that might be able to bring that, those feelings up and be able to, to do that better. So that was, that was an unexpected benefit somewhat to me. Went to the first one, kind of got a good taste of it, kicked off and everything. Now I'm going to process through the book. And now I'm going to show up at the one of September and feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best to take it to the next level, being able to fully understand the terminology, trying to learn all of the, all of the wounds, all of the shadows, all of the, everything that's in the book and being able to just bounce it to the next level. It's interesting uh, that you you identified the co-ed piece. You know, we've we've debated whether or not to make it co-ed. When I very first was trying to design it, I, I went back and forth about whether we were going to have men and women there. And I just felt like we needed to. Both times, the feedback has been the same. There has been an appreciation for the other side of the story that people didn't get before. It helped them develop a greater empathy and an understanding for the role or the part of the other gender. Right. Um, a lot of the women who come, they come because they, they have their own, obviously everybody comes because they have their own wounds and their own stuff they're trying to heal. And some of them came because the wounds that they're dealing with have been caused by their spouse. And so having, having uh, seeing another man who's trying to do his work, softened them and helped them. They could recognize his pain and see the struggle that he has and it helped them be able to see their husbands in a different light and vice versa. So I still, I still ask that question every time. Should I do it just a men's only retreat? Should I do it just a women's only? But every time that everybody says, no, you gotta have both. There's something about having both. So yeah. it's interesting to hear that from you. Yeah, it was interesting to me, you know, definitely of keeping 
keeping mindset of, of the privacy of, of the, the retreat that I attended. But I remember a number of the women needing to do work that included a male. And, and I remember standing in for, mm-hmm. you know, a, a handful of, of those women representing this male aura of it could be positive or negative. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, I've been in situations where it was a men's group and, and they, they asked me like one time they asked me, you know, we'll pick someone that gives the, you know, the, the could hold the space for your mom. And, and it was so weird to just have to pick a, a, a female, you know, pick from males mm-hmm. of the female space. Yeah. So it, 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 it worked, but it, it felt, it, it felt a bit stretched. After you came home, what was different about you? To me, one of the major things that it was different for me was understanding your analogy about attachment wounds being like sunburns. Mm-hmm. Not, not to, I don't want to give away anything. It's okay. But uh, to me, it, it started clicking and, and making sense that when people did certain things, it was touching that sunburn of that wound. And so therefore it, it, it helps me to understand things better of, Oh, this is why I do this, or this is why they do that or whatever. There's, there's understanding behind it. You look at people doing things and it's very challenging at times going, what would make you do that? Or, or why would I do that? Why would I act this way? And it, to me, it just helps so much to have this understanding behind it. The two major things that I came back with is understanding about attachment wounds and then also understanding about shadows, mm. understanding that there are these voices in my journey. I feel like I've started to discover that if a voice in my head somewhat is screaming at me, that is in in my journey of faith that is not coming from my higher power that's not coming from god it's it's this shadow that's that is trying to negatively affect me and negatively distract me and i need to recognize it for what it is being able to understand those two aspects i think have just been very paramount for me to to understand why I do what I do, why I act the way I act, and also being able to see others whenever somebody lashes out at you. Hey, it's not always about you. Yeah, learning learning the learning the phrase. Who was somebody even wrote a I think somebody wrote a book on it of you know hurt people hurt people. Yep. So in in understanding that idea and understanding the things behind it has just been life-changing for me. Awesome. Well, man, you are one courageous dude. (laughs) I'm really proud of you. I know what it's like to walk away from a perfectly good job and not even know what's going to happen on the other side. Then that's got to be so scary for you. Man, that's a leap of faith right there. And then to be able to conquer and work on this addiction and show up and tap into your 
the truth about who you are as a man and a husband and a father. It's just impressive. I'm really grateful that I get to know you and be a part of your life. So thank you. I appreciate it. Well, thank, thank you for doing your work. Uh, we wouldn't know each other if either one of us wasn't doing our work. We wouldn't know each other. And, and, mm-hmm. and you know, you've taken the time out to, to write finding peace and and to do the work that you're doing and to me you're you're uh, kind of a big brother somewhat in this kind of thing of of a you know ahead of me and the time that you've been working with folks and i I know that i I don't know about you man but to me i think counseling and ministry are very similar Mm -hmm. and we we may not understand or see the benefit that we're doing in people's lives now per se we get glimpses mm-hmm. but we'll we'll get a we'll get a much better glimpse on the other side of this reality yeah well thank you for spending some time with me this afternoon i appreciate it um, if the listeners are interested in attending the finding peace retreat they can go to findingpeaceacademy.com they can learn more information about how to sign up. We definitely have some spaces available, but they're going fast. So hopefully people will sign up soon and and uh, enjoying you, get to meet you and spend Absolutely. some time with you. So Plan to be there. All right. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If we added value to your life, let us know or give us a rating. Before you go, subscribe to the show and get new episodes as soon as they are published. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. And don't forget to grab your free copy of the Amazon best-selling book, The Art of Peace, by going to www.troyllove.com. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.